Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning at Vertical Church in Ovilla, Texas, as we continue on our series, I Know a Ghost. Pastor Brian's message this morning is called, I Know a Ghost, and he talks to me. Enjoy the message, and we'll see you afterwards. People like to talk about who they know. Some say they know a celebrity. Some say they know a professional athlete. I guess they think that who they know makes them someone. I don't really know any celebrities. I don't really know anyone that's wealthy. My story's a little different. But it is the truth. Who you know does make you someone. You see, I know a ghost. I'm glad I'm here. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. You know, in a body like this, um, there are a lot of stories. People at different places in their lives. And I get to hear some of those stories. And um, I get to hear the stories where someone says, I'm desperate for God to do something fresh in my life. I've got to have an answer. I, I just don't know what to do. For every story that I hear where there's a marriage in a struggle point, I hear another story where someone says, God has worked an absolute miracle in my marriage. Yes. Those are real. I'm not just telling you that this morning to just make up stuff. I'm telling you, because of where these situations are right now, I can't tell you the whole story, but just let me assure you, God is at work. He is restoring, reconciling, making all things new. And I talked to an older gentleman last week after the service, someone who's walked in the faith for a long time. And he said to me, you know, I've been learning some things about the Holy Ghost I didn't know before. And he said, um, it's good to get to know him. <laughs> yes, it's awesome. So welcome to Vertical today. And welcome to the third message in our series, I Know a Ghost. We're looking at what it means to not just know about the ghost of God, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, but to truly, personally, experientially know him. Yeah. There's an, there's an odd fascination in our world today with the spirit realm. Always has been. People want to know about what's beyond. What's on the other side? What's, what is there beyond this? And trust me, there is something beyond this. What you see is not all that there is. But this fascination from those who don't know Christ leads them into some stories and fantasies about ghosts, where people believe there are actually disembodied people's spirits who are roaming the earth today looking to cause damage, looking to haunt someone, looking to somehow communicate with someone. But let me assure you, as I said last week, 
in spite of what you've heard, in spite of the stories you have experienced even, there are no such things as disembodied spirits of men and women who are roaming this earth. You are either here or you are, if you're a believer with the Lord, or you are separated from the Lord eternally. There is no in-between. There are no ghosts roaming around cemeteries today. Here's where it gets scary. There are those spirits that do roam this earth who would like you to think they are ghosts. There are stories out there of people who had experiences with the beyond who would like you to think those are ghosts. But let me assure you this. One, they are not ghosts. Two, they are demonic spirits who are masquerading as ghosts. So, watch out when someone says, I know a ghost. You better ask them what ghosts they know. Because if they're saying, I know a Holy Ghost, then walk up and shake their hand and give them a hug. But if they say they know some other ghosts, you better back up. Or move forward and say, in the name of Jesus, you better flee, buddy. Because I don't want to mess with the spirit that is not my God's spirit. The ghost, the one and only ghost. There's a Weird fascination. People do weird things. They, they go down and buy Ouija boards, right? They uh, participate in seances. They seek after those who read cards or crystal balls in an attempt to communicate with what's beyond in this other realm. When you do, you are opening yourself up to a dangerous, very Dangerous realm. Please stay away from those who masqueraded as ghosts. But please run to the one who says he alone is the ghost, the Holy Ghost. So the Bible tells us that God exists as three. He is God the Father who is fixed in eternity, who reigns from a throne. He is invisible. No one has seen God at any time, the scripture says. He is not a grandfather sitting on some aged chair off in eternity somewhere. He says, the Bible says he is invisible, that he reigns. Oh, he's very present, though you can't see him. He reigns in power, in glory, and in might. But there is also God the Son, who is the embodiment of the Father and all that he is. He is the one who came to earth and dwelt among men. He is the one who communicated with man the glory of the Father. He spoke the word and he was the word. He laid down his life as a demonstration of the Father's love for us. He became the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Crucified on a cross, placed in a tomb, rose again victorious over death on the third day. And then return back to heaven because there was another that he was going to send. And he did. His time had been accomplished. And Jesus said, trust me, I know you want me to stay, but it's to your benefit that I go away. 
because I'm going to send another. And this is where the ghost of God entered the scene. He had played his part up until that moment, appearing at times and withdrawing. Appearing on people in the Old Testament and then pulling back until his day came. The book of Acts, chapter 2, his day came. The ghost of God left heaven and came to earth to dwell in those who have put their faith in Christ. Wow. And so now we live in the age of the ghost, the ghost. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, the ghost has come to dwell in you. And he, as the one who is the very essence, heart of God, knows the heart of God, has come and he seeks to communicate with you, to speak the mysteries, the wonders, the truth, the power of God to you. Oh, he wants to speak to you more than you have ever wanted to speak to him. And he has much to say. So today, we take a very practical journey down a path of how do you hear from the ghost of God? That's pretty important information. It's a great question. I'm glad I asked it. (laughs) Because we all need to know. I want to know. I want to hear. I want to be at a place in my life where I say, you know, I know about the ghost of God. I don't want to be at that place. I want to be at the place where I say, I know a ghost. I know him because he talks to me. I know him because he's leading me. I know him because he's convicting me. I know him because he encourages me. I know him because he's in me. I want to know and hear that ghost. So this is where we go today. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the New Testament. The Apostle Paul is writing, and he writes to a group of people who live in a city that has been um, infected with some mysterious religions, who have experienced the mystical, the odd, the weird, and these idols and foreign gods who are really demonic spirits, and they have, been in, they have built a religious system where they call people to come, and if they will follow certain rituals and follow certain rites, if they'll work their way in, if they can manage to live up to all the expectations and all the standards, they might be allowed into the secret club that has a few of the mysteries of the beyond. And they say, you have to measure up to fit in the club. Come be in the club and you can hear the mysteries, some of them at least. We know the mysteries, you do not. Come into our club. And so Paul writes to say, you guys, come on, please. 
Let me help you know some things. And Paul writes into this group. He writes because there's some new believers who've come in to the faith in Jesus Christ. And they're trying to figure out, well, what about all that stuff about the mysteries? And what about all that stuff about all the rituals? And what about all that club stuff and secret rites? And some know and some note? And how, how about all that stuff? And Paul says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with all of that today. We start in verse 7 of chapter 2. And Paul says this. He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. I'm going to talk about a mystery, Paul says. It's the mystery of God. It's the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Oh, there's a, there's a, there's a mystery. Yeah, we've talked about that over the past several weeks. We've talked about there's a mystery. There's a mystery that has existed in God about who he is and how vast he is and what his plans are and what his intentions are, what his heart is. And he said, this has been ordained before. God didn't, you know, one day write it down and figure it out and come up with it. Someone didn't tell him about it. It's always existed. But here's the thing. It's been ordained, planned, designed so that you and I can actually come to know it. You can know the mysteries, the wonders of God. Ooh, Paul, tell me more, tell me more. Verse 8, he says, This mystery is, is something that which none of the rulers of this age, his time, had or knew. For had they known... They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If they had known the wonders and mystery of God, if they had known about what his intentions were, if they had known his heart, that when the sun showed up, they wouldn't have arrested him, rejected him, denied him. They would not have crucified him. When you don't understand the mysteries of God, it'll make you make some bad decisions. They made a bad decision. The Son of God stood right in front of them. The Son of God had all wisdom and power and was God in front of them. And they saw him and they rejected him. When you don't understand the mysteries... You'll make what you think is a right decision. You'll make what seems logical to you as a decision. You will ask others for information and you'll make a decision. And if you don't make that decision with the mystery of God in your heart, you will make an absolute wrong decision. You'll end up in a bad place and you'll think it's right. You'll think, whew, we did ourselves a service. The people who crucified Jesus thought they were serving God. They thought they were doing the God thing by getting rid of him, by rejecting him. And oh my goodness, we have to be so careful because if you try to make decisions in your life without the mystery of God in your heart, you could make some absolutely wrong, bad decisions. Let's go on. Verse 9, but as it is written, Paul says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Paul says, you know, there is a mystery. 
It is expansive. It is glorious. It is so wondrous. It's so much bigger than your small pea brain. You can't even begin to fathom what all is in his heart and mind. You can't even, you couldn't even begin to know it if you tried. Paul is really saying here, he says, on your best day, on your most productive day, on your most creative day, your best day at work, your best week when you came home and had your best thoughts and you had your most best dreams and life just seemed glorious and on that day you had some thought about how good God is. He said, you hadn't even come close. I don't care how good a day you had. I don't care what you have seen. I don't care what you've heard. I don't care what has even entered into your heart as what you think. Think about how good God is. No one, no one has come up with in their own eyes, sight, ears, thoughts, heart, dreams, the absolute stunning, glorious, wonderful mystery that God has planned for your life. You hadn't had it. You've probably had a lot of thoughts about Why is my life so screwed up? Why are things going like they are? Why does this all have to happen to me? But let me assure you, God has a plan, a mysterious, marvelous, wonderful plan for your life. I mean, every one of us. It's not that he goes down a row and says, plan, 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 skip, plan, 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 skip, plan. No, God has a plan for your life. A detailed, specific, marvelous, majestic, glory end plan for your life. He does. And it hasn't even begun to enter into the realm of your thinking of how good it is. So let's follow Paul some more because he's basically saying, You aren't going to find this in and of yourself, you aren't going to find it in others. Verse 10. But God, I always love it when there's that kind of phrase in the Bible, where there's this bunch of bad news up to this point, where there's this bunch of like uncertainty, where there's this bunch of like, ugh, and all of a sudden it says, but God, oh yeah, this is where the story turns, this is where the, the cliffhanger comes, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is that moment, but God, here it is. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, through his ghost. For the ghost searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The ghost, the one that has come to take up residence in you, he wants to reveal to you truth. Now, I want to zero in on a word here, revealed. God has revealed them to us. The ghost works in a very specific way. Today, we're going to learn those ways. When you learn God's ways and you can walk in those ways and you can come to understand and know him, okay? Here's what the ghost does. He reveals truth to us. 
It's the word that means to uncover, to show, to ta-da, to ah. It's that. It's that he reveals it. He doesn't always explain all the details. He just comes along and says, oh, that's what he does. He reveals truth. So what you will do, what you will experience in your life is that you'll be walking through life and you'll be praying, God, I'm looking for your will. God, help me understand. Show me your heart. Ghost, speak to me. And then one day, he's going to pull back the covers and reveal to you the truth. And it will be in such a way that at first you'll go, huh, what? How can that be? In that moment, you, please stay with me. In that moment, you are going to have to submit your mind to your spirit. You're going to have to put your logic aside and put your spirit, your ghost, in line with his ghost because it's going to show you something that you won't be able to totally figure out. You'll be like Abraham and Sarah, and he'll say, you're going to be the parents of countless. You're going to be parents. And they say, we can't be parents. We're old. She's barren. See? That's what God does. He'll show you some things by his ghost that your mind won't be able to comprehend yet. Sadly, what most people do is they hear the ghost speak to them. They get some kind of promise, some kind of word from him, and they say, eh, I just don't see how that could be. And let's just go on. And they, they just poo-poo on the whole thing. They just dismiss it. Well, it must not be real because I can't figure out how. Oh, you missed out the first lesson on speaking ghost. If you want to hear ghost, you got to know how he talks. And he speaks in promises. He speaks in impressions. He reveals things that with your own spirit you have to say yes to before you fully even understand it. And he'll do it at times that catch you maybe even off guard. Let me tell you my experience this past week. So, uh, you probably saw on Facebook, Instagram, Heather and I got away for a few days. Glorious. And, you know, I'm spending some time. We're spending time together, obviously, but part of that time I'm thinking about today. I'm praying, God, show me what, what you want to say through your word to me and to our, our people, to us. So, I'm praying. And you got to know, I live a pretty routine life. I'm a routine kind of guy. I like things that go like this, right? I just, Heather laughed loudest, of course. I do, I like things, you know, I like to get up at a certain time, I like to do things in a certain way, in a certain time, and expect things to happen in a certain way, in a certain time. And life doesn't happen that way, for one. But two, I like it when God shows me things in the time frame I've set aside for him to show me things. Uh, come on. Yeah, right? Anybody else? Yeah? But he... <laughs> But see, he's different than me. His ways are higher than mine. He's a ghost and I'm not. He doesn't operate off of time frames and calendars and, and you know, clocks and all those kind of things. And so, you know, it's Friday night. We get back home and I lay down, go to sleep, and I'm out, you know, routine time, all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, I wake up. And I've been asleep for a while. And I look over and it's 1030. Yeah, that's it. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, and I don't do well if I wake up, you know? It's like, oh, boy, now what am I going to do? 
it takes me a while to go back to sleep. So I think, all right, <clears throat> rather than watch another episode of The Office at this point, I'm just going <laughs> to, all right, come on now. I, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to take one of the verses that I'm thinking about for today, and I'm just going to meditate on it a little bit. So I grab one of those verses, stick it in my mind. I'm just, I'm going back to sleep and I'm thinking through that verse and I'm thinking about this verse. God revealed them to us through his spirit. And I'm just kind of turning those words over in my mind. I'm thinking, and all of a sudden, I think I'm drifting off and all of a sudden, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, if that's the case. And I had this little moment. I got like, okay, God, I think I hear what you're saying to me. I mean, all of a sudden, this passage that we're about to walk through, it just like, yeah. just expands in meaning. I'm like, oh my. Okay, I've got a choice to make at this point. I either got to get up and write all this stuff down, because I know if I don't, mm -hmm. it's gone. Yeah. I'm old. So, but I'm thinking, this pillow feels really good right now. But I grab my phone, and I open up an email to myself and start clicking away. And I get finished, and I think, oh, that's awesome. Wait a minute. If that's the case, and this is also true. <sighs> Wait a minute. If that's the case, he was revealing on his time frame, not mine. And if you want to hear the ghost, you've got to be willing to adjust your schedule to him, yeah. not yourself. You can't put him in a box on a time frame on your scale and say, well, God works here, 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 and here, not here. He works on Sunday mornings at 1030, but not on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock. You're going to have to ditch that thinking. Because when the ghost wants to talk, the ghost wants to talk, and it's your job to listen at that moment. Yeah. Amen? He reveals them. He reveals them because that's what he does. He's the ghost. In fact, he searches the deep things of God. The ghost is the essence of God. He's the deepest. He's the most mm, central, passionate, zealous part of God. He's the center of him. And the ghost knows the deep things of God. The ghost knows the mysteries. The ghost knows the things that are happening in the heart of God. The ghost knows the, the past that's without beginning. The ghost knows the future that's without end. The ghost knows the mysteries, and he knows them all because he is the one who is the deepest part of God. Ooh, this is the ghost. And so when that ghost started talking to me Friday night at 10.30 p.m., I knew there was a ghost in the room, and I wanted to hear him. And I adjusted in that moment to him. Now, I could tell you countless other times when I did not, but I want to go on today. Verse 11. Paul says, let me help you with this. He says, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Let me just pause right there. Look here. I know Nick. Nick has come into our family. Heather and I wanted to get to know him quickly when he showed up. <laughs> we asked lots of questions. 
We put him in a lot of situations that he didn't realize, but Heather and I did, and we watched, and we looked, and we learned, and we discussed, and we made notes, and we talked, and didn't tell Taylor or Nick, because we wanted to know this guy who was coming into our family, and Taylor was smitten over So we got to know Nick, listened to him, talked to him, observed him, took him with us places, watched how he lived, watched how he responded. We got to know about Nick. But what Paul says here is really true. If you want to understand psychology, please turn to the scripture. It'll teach you right here all about it. There's a part of a man that's inside a man that no one else knows. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? There is a spirit in me. I'm not talking about evil spirit, all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about there's an essence to me that is me. And you can listen to me. You can observe me. You can go online and Google about me. You can find some things out about me. And in all of that, you would learn some things about me. But I promise you this, you wouldn't know me. Because no one knows me except the me that's inside me. And so that's what we were trying to get our best to know was the Nick that was inside Nick. But in our best, even then, we couldn't know him. Let me just take it a little further. There's a spirit that's inside Heather that is Heather. I have made it my goal for some 30 plus years, that's how long we dated and are together, to get to know her. And trust me when I say, she's mysterious. (laughs) I'm still learning. I don't have it all in here yet. I'll go to my grave still not knowing because no one can know another person fully. It's true. You can know about, you can watch how they live, you can see how they talk, but you can't really know because they are inside of them. The spirit that's in them is in them. And no man, no man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. I don't know all of Heather's longings, dreams, hopes, desires, fears, weaknesses, and areas of faith. I don't know all of, I know some of those, but I don't know all of those. What would have to happen is somehow she would have to take all that she is in her essence, everything about her, her her experiences from the past, her thoughts, her dreams, everything about her. She would have to take everything about her and somehow Put that in me before I could truly know her. How many, how many men have wished that could happen? Would that be an, I mean, not Heather, but for your own person, you know, that you'd be like, oh, please, God, I just want to know what's going on in her mind, right? It'd be awesome if you could somehow know that because us guys, we struggle with that. It's okay to say amen, guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Believe me, your wife knows. So <clears throat> Paul says, No man can know another man because only the spirit of the man that's in him can know the man. 
But he goes on, he says, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. I can know some things that God has done. I can know what he has said. I can hear stories of what others have said about him. I can read the Bible. I can, I can even have some experiences with him. But no one knows the essence, heart, passion, history, future, longing, zeal, drive of God, except the spirit of God, the one that is inside him. That ghost knows. He knows what was before. He knows what will be. He knows the depths. He knows the heights. He knows it all. There's your Christian psychology lesson for the day. But Paul is not finished. Because in this moment, you might think, that's very good information. That's good to know. Explains a lot about me and my spouse. Explains a lot about me and God. Let me tell you the next part of the story, the revealing that God does here. Verse 12. Now, now, now if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, now if you've bent your knee to the cross, now if you've come to him in repentance, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, the ghost who is from God. And it is so that we might know the things that we have been freely given by God. Come on now. This is the moment. This is the truth. Because all that is in God, his secrets, his mysteries, his wisdom, his power, his might, his strength, all this stuff that we think, oh, if I only knew those things. He said, I've got good news for you. Because you live in the age of the ghost. You don't live under the age of the law anymore. You live in the age of the ghost. And this ghost, because of what happened in Acts chapter 2, has come to live in you. Yes. Hmm. It's one of those things that probably at this point you're thinking, that's good information. I like that. It's good stuff. But let me tell you what this means. This means that when this ghost has come, he didn't come to live in you like you were Best Western, Motel 6, or the Sheraton. He didn't come to stay in you like you're some guest bedroom. He didn't come to live in you like he's just picked up the recliner spot in your living room to reside there for a while. He has come to permanently take up existence in you. When he comes to live in you, it's not temporary. It's permanent. He comes as ghost. Listen up here. He comes as ghost. And he comes to dwell with your ghost. Your essence, the spirit that's in you. And when he does, he creates a new bond and union, a new spirit within you. If you've ever been to Home Depot or Lowe's, if you haven't, please go there today. I'm going to tell you why. Go down the aisle, 
where they sell the plywood. When you get to the section where the plywood is, look closely at the edge of the plywood. You'll notice that plywood is made up of many small layers, sheets almost, as you will, of wood that have been bonded, sealed, and glued together. They once existed separately, but now they have been fused together. They have become one, often multiple, multiple layers, depending upon the thickness of the plywood. Multiple layers fused together to make one piece of what we call plywood. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your strength or abilities are. When you take a piece of completed plywood, it is impossible to make it return to what it used to be because those layers have been fused together. When the spirit ghost of God came to exist in you, he fused himself with you to never be separated again. You have been fused, bonded with an inseparable bond that cannot be torn away again. That ghost has changed you. You are no longer who you were before. And this is the core of who you are. Woo! Now here's where it gets good. I got to tie my shoe. About to trip. Front row's all nervous up here. The core of who you are is no longer who you were. You've been made new. You have a new, fused spirit within you, fused by the ghost of God. The Holy Spirit is not just in you like he's poured water into a container that could splash out one day. He has made you become part of the container. You are it. Can't be separated. Can't be torn apart anymore. So here's where it gets practical. When you're going through your day and the voices in your head start to talk and they start to say things to you like, you are such a doggone loser. You just screw up all the time. You're never going to get anything right. Man, you're such a terrible example of humanity. Come on. Every one of us deal with those thoughts. Hello? You do. What the enemy wants you to think is that that base part of you is all of those things. You're horrible, terrible, sinner, reprobate, failure, never going to get anything right, always going to be rejected, cast off from God because of those things you did before. Mm, that is the enemy talking to you. That is a wrong spirit talking to you. If you have been fused with the ghost of God, your core has been changed. Don't let the enemy tell you you are what you were before. You have been made new. You are a brand new piece of plywood in the deck. You're new. You're not what you were before. So what you need to tell yourself is, where's that part of me that wants to do right? Because that's the real part of me. That's not just an extra part of you. That's the real part of you now. Where's that part of me that wants to pray and trust God? Where's that part of me that wants to worship? Where's that part of me that wants to serve? Where's that part of me that wants to live righteously? This is you now. This is the real you. This is the ghost of God in you. 
Mm. Is this resonating with anybody? Yeah? Verse 13. Paul says, all right, maybe, maybe you don't understand what I'm saying yet. He says, these things we also speak. Paul says, I'm, this is what I'm trying to say to you. He says, and I'm, I'm not doing it with words which man's wisdom teaches. I'm not doing it like man teaches. I'm not doing it like all these other Mr. Religions teach. But I'm doing it like the Holy Spirit teaches. And then he tells us how he teaches. He says, he teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now, you can read that as this, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. There's some insight there. But if you look over into the um, ESV, English Standard Version, or if you were to look over in the Tree of Life Version that our own Dr. Seif has had a hand in, you would find a different reading. You would find a reading that sounds like this. As the Holy Spirit teaches spiritual truth to spiritual people. Now, this is different. The Spirit, the ghost, he shows things, he reveals things to those who are ghost-connected, who are ghost-walkers, who are ghost-tuned. They're in line with, dialed into the ghost of God. They know he's in them. They know he's speaking. And so they tune into that. They don't dismiss it, reject it, deny it. They lean into it and say, what would you say, ghost? Teach me again, ghost. Tell me that one more time. And here's the thing about the ghost. The ghost speaks ghost, as I said. And so here's how he does that. He does it with He doesn't do it with audible words. I'll say that to start with. You're not going to be driving down 35 and hear the ghost audibly say to you, turn left. (laughs) That's your phone's computer set on some weird man voice. So (laughs) the ghost speaks on the level of ghost. And ghost level is this. It's impressions. It's sensed things. It doesn't always have explanation to it. I was talking to somebody this past week who said, you know, I've got these two decisions I need to make, and I'm not sure which one to make. All I know is that this one right here, when I get into the environment of the people that, where I need to make this decision, he says, I feel really weird. There's this sense in which it just... Something doesn't seem right. I mean, I feel like, ooh. And I said to him, that's the ghost talking to you. Because the ghost speaks on those kind of levels. He speaks on the level of impressions. And you have to learn to listen to those impressions. If you dismiss them all the time, you're going to get to a place where you say, I didn't hear the ghost talk to me. That's because you keep dismissing it every time. He's giving you impressions and leads and directions. He's causing you to feel peace in one direction, and he's causing you to feel uncertainty or discomfort in another. When that happens, you may not have all the facts about why, 
but follow the ghost's lead. When he says, this is where peace with God is, I don't care if this, let me back up. If he says, this is where the ghost of God leads and you sense this feels right, this feels true, this is in line with what God has said to me and who I am, and if you've got another path over here that you feel like, I don't know, this just feels awkward and weird and just seems a little bit, I can't get my mind, I don't know what, if, if that's a decision in this direction, I don't care how much money is waiting down that path, I don't care who's waiting down that path, do not go down that path because the ghost is trying to tell you, don't do it. And he's speaking ghost. You got to learn ghost. You got to know a ghost if you want to hear a ghost. Are you with me? Now, this may be all new for you. That's okay. This is what we're doing this series for, so that we can know this ghost who is in us today. He will speak at the level of impressions like that. He'll give you peace in a situation. When someone comes to me, and I've learned this through my own experiences, two options lay before me. They both seem equal in benefit, equal in opportunity. What I have learned to do and what I tell people who come to me and say, I don't know what to do. Should I do this or that? I say, which one gives you the greatest sense of peace and comfort deep inside from God because that is the choice you should follow. Walk in that path. It's tough because you have to dismiss your own logic, reason, and emotions in the situation. You have to listen to the ghost in the situation. This is how he speaks with impressions and he'll lead you into something even when you don't have all the facts or the information. And he'll put you in those situations so that you'll trust him. Trusting him is more important and more valuable than you analytically understanding and figuring out for yourself. Mm. The ghost speaks on that level. Let me tell you another way the ghost speaks. The ghost speaks on the level of spirit. In other words, he speaks on the level of heart. Okay? And so he's looking for those who speak heart like he does. He's looking for those who have a heart that is humble, sensitive, willing to follow and sacrifice everything to do what he says. If that's what you have in your heart, then you're ready to hear the ghost. But if you have in your heart anything that sounds like this, I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it on my time frame. I don't care what you say. I don't want to be discomforted. I will choose my way. If you have a heart of defiance, rejection, rebellion, of even authority in your life, I can tell you right now, the ghost will talk to you 
and you won't hear him because you have not aligned your spirit with the way the ghost talks. You want to understand ghost? You got to speak ghost. And the ghost speaks on the level of heart. So get your heart in line and watch out. He'll speak and you'll listen and you'll follow. Ooh. Now, Paul backs this up for us in verse 14. He says, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. If your heart is not interested, if your heart is resistant, if your heart is hard, you won't hear ghosts when ghost speaks. Paul went on later in the New Testament to say, here's what it looks like. He says, it's like a war happening. And the spirit, the ghost is talking, but you've got your ways, your natural old ways. He calls it the flesh. And your old ways are at war with the new ways, the ghost. And if you don't, if you don't get rid of the old ways, you won't hear ghosts when ghost talks. And then Paul goes on and even explains what those are. So write this down. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. I want to read it to you so that you can know it's God's word, not just my word. Here's what the flesh is. And here's what will make you not hear ghosts. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. In case I didn't cover anything, Paul said, I'm just going to say, and anything else that's like that. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You won't hear ghosts if you're not living ghosts. You won't hear ghosts if you're more filled with flesh than you are with ghosts. Paul finishes up in verse 15. He says, But he who is spiritual, he judges all things, and he himself is rightly judged by no one. In other words, Paul says this, Look, if you're a ghost, if you're walking in the ghost, if you're tuned into the ghost, the word judges here is a word that means discerns, figures out, understands, is taught by. If you're a ghost person, if you're in tune with the ghost, you will be able to discern all the things that God has even in mystery. You'll walk through your life with some understanding of, oh, gotcha, God. That's what you're trying to do there. Ah, okay, God, I see it. Disappointment came, but you did that so it increased my faith so that you could provide through another way that I would have ever seen before. Gotcha, I'll follow you, God. I'm with you. You see, when you are spiritual, you discern all things. You know all things. You don't get disrupted when all of a sudden life disrupts you. You walk in the power, the confidence of the Spirit of God because the ghost of God is talking to you. But, he says, and that person, he's rightly understood, discerned by no one. You can't know what's in another person, but you can know the ghost of God if he's in you. 
You can know the mystery. You can know what he has for you. You can know him. Let's move on. Last verse here. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You thought you were weak. You thought you couldn't know. You thought you were rejected. You thought you were cast off. You thought God had left you wrong. The ghost of God is in you. And you can know the very things that are at the heart of God. You can actually have the same mind that Jesus had. You can. Now, if you're like me, this past Friday night at 10.30 when all this started coming up, I just sat there and stared at it like, what in the world? Is this all true, God? He said, yes, it is. This is truth. But here's the deal. If you want to know it and experience it, you're going to have to put away some things. You're going to have to leave what you've done where you've been, all the stuff that wars with this ghost in you. If you don't leave it, you can't know it. You're going to have to be filled with him. Paul said it this way, we have received the ghost. In other words, we realized because he showed us and we took it. Received means to take to own, to possess. So I ask you today as we close, what are you filled with today? What is it that fills your life? Are you filled with fears and doubts and guilt? Are you filled with anger and resentment and bitterness? Are you filled with distractions and your own selfish pleasures? Are you filled with your own plan for how life should go? Are you filled with stubbornness that says, not going to do it? If that's the case, today is your day to end all of that. Today is your day to say, God, I've been walking in me instead of walking in you. I've been deciding what I will do instead of what the ghost says to me. But today it all changes. Today, I receive what you said. I receive the one who is the essence of God. I come with humility. I come broken. I come desiring. I come ready to obey. I come ready to be sensitive. I come ready to do whatever you've asked me to do. If that's the case, then that ghost will show himself to you, the very holy ghost of God. Would you bow your heads with me and pray? It may be that you've come to this moment today. And all of a sudden you realized you've been full of a whole lot more yourself than the ghost. And this is your moment. This is your moment where you can say, God, I believe what you say. Not what I've heard. Not even what I've done. I will stand in the confidence of knowing you're for me.
you've not rejected me. You've not left me. Your plans for me are good. Your plans for me are wise. Your plans for me are perfect. You know what I don't know. You've been where I haven't been. I'll receive what you say today. And most of all, I will receive your ghost into me. I will stand in that. I will rejoice in that. I'll thank you for that. I'll live in that. I won't just say I know about a ghost. I'll say I know a ghost. God, may that be true of us today. May we quit playing the game of trying to do what we can to figure it all out and submit our plan to do what you say it's all about. May we come to that place today of full surrender, full brokenness, where we open our arms, where we open our hands, where we open our heart to say with absolute fullness, fill me, God. I receive you, your ghost, to be what fills me, drives me, leads me, convicts me, points me to righteousness, tells me what to do, and I will follow you. Father, this is what you've called us to today. This is the age of the ghost. This is the time for us to trust. This is the time for us to surrender. This is our time to be filled with the fullness of you. We pray all this in the wonder in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Stand with us as we sing this morning. Let this be your time to receive, take in the wonder of our ghost. Wow, what a powerful message that was this morning as we learned that the ghost isn't just a mystical creature, but somebody that actually talks to us and speaks to us today. We hope you enjoyed the message as much as we did, and we'll see you here online next Sunday at 1030.